Hello, everybody, and welcome to TBG Podcast. As promised, I tried my best to say welcome in Icelandic here, so no judgment. <laughs> On today's episode, Gabby and I, we're going to continue our story into the second day of Hulda's investigation into the, the Darkness book. Yes. Okay. Gabby, how are you? I am good, Anna. Thank you. How are you? Excited. Good, good. Things will move on a little bit. I think so, too. Day two is pr looks promising. All right. So last night on day one, Holda went to bed and she did not set her alarm clock and she put her phone on silent. And those were firsts for her. Clearly, she really needed the alarm clock because she woke up at 11 o'clock. She was shocked and realized that she could get used to that life. She didn't want to, though, but she could. She needed a purpose. Uh, she had a night full of dreams, actually a night full of nightmares, and she dreamed of Elena. She dreamed that she was back at the hostel. That wasn't entirely a bad dream throughout the most of, most of the night, but uh, she had uh, the recollection of real events that she could never forget as much as she would try. She checked her phone and realized that an unknown number had called her twice. It was from the hostel. A man picked up the phone and uh, it wasn't much of a help. He didn't know who had called her. But when uh, Holda had asked for Dora, because Dora was the only person that she had talked uh, at the hostel, right? Um, he said that Dora wasn't there, but he would let her know to call Holda back. Then we're back in the past again with that woman and her daughter, right? So the woman was finally able to move out of her parents' home and into a tiny flat. The reunion with her daughter wasn't the warmest. The girl did not want to leave the institution. She was just having attachment, attachment issues. The matron had said that the, the girl was very sensitive and she had trouble sleeping and she was always afraid of the dark. The mother asked why, and she learned that there was a kid in the institution that used to poke every other children's eyes at night. And some kids, once the, 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 that particular child stopped doing that, the kids got used to it and they were back at normal lives. But the daughter felt more than the others, so she couldn't sleep well since this event. And <clears throat> after a really hard time, finally, the girl fell asleep, so did the mother. It had been the happiest day of the mother's life. Back to present, Holda was surprised that Magnus hadn't called her after Alexander's phone call. And she believed that most likely was because Alexander hadn't told him about it because he knew that he had done a shitty investigation. Albert must have told him about the investigation. If it hadn't been Magnus, there, was, there must have been a way for Alexander to find out who who, to find out about uh, Hulda investigating Elena's case. She needed to move quickly and wisely if she wanted to wrap this case up before the end of her time at the police, which was given two weeks, right, Anna? <clears throat> mm -hmm. The first thing on her to-do list was to go see Frondur. Uh, he's a police expert in sex trafficking. He was born in Faroe Islands, but he lived his entire life in Iceland. She called him... And when he picked up the phone, she realized that he never bothered to save her number because he was like, okay, who is this? <laughs> and he had the day off but it, and she explained that he was very urgent. So he said that he was at the golf course at Uritavetish, a venue by Hatemak Nature uh, Reserve. 
Holta met him and went straight to the point about Elena's situation and how common it was for people to come to Iceland on the pretext of seeking asylum when they were actually part of some kind of organized prostitution network. He said that he couldn't recall the case, but she wasn't surprised. Nobody really cared about the girl. Um, he said that no name came to mind and it could have been a one-off. Uh, one-off. Iceland didn't have that many organized crimes, uh, crime incidents. He said that he had been a pleasure to work with Hota that day and excused himself. We are back in the past while we're waiting for uh, Thrander to finish his, uh, his place, but we're back again to the mother and the daughter, and we see that the mother is making little progress with her daughter. Uh, she had no one to turn to as friends and family. Everybody disapproved her life as a single mother. During the hours that she needed to work, she would leave the daughter with a babysitter who was a very old, very old school and very strict. So really just not being the best uh, fresh start for the family. Yeah, but what was the purpose of the institution then? I saw for a second that it was like nursing. It was kind of, like, I would say it's kind of like an orphanage or just like a, a place where you can just keep the kids. So if you don't have any condition to take care of them, but at the same time, they wouldn't be given up to another family. So yeah. it's a full-time institution. And then and now she, she's trying to, she, now she pick up the kid home and she has condition to have a babysitter. Yeah, once she removes from the institution, she cannot send it, unless she does send it back again, and she's back at those twice-a-week visitations. So she didn't want that. She really wanted to raise her child. Mm -hmm. Then we're back at the present time with Tondru, and Huda know, uh, knew that he, he was withholding information. That was very obvious. Uh, so she was trying to think, okay, who could I contact to actually get some information? So she thought of one person that could actually help her. But she had no desire to set foot at this station. So he, she contacted Karen and they managed to meet at a gallery, down, uh, at an art gallery downtown. Holta got, that, got there first and uh, there were just a couple of tourists in the cafe clearly in love. That made her think about Jan and how much she loved him. At the beginning of their relationship, she knew that she would never be able to love someone else as much as she had loved him. But she also knew exactly the time when she stopped loving him, loving him as well. So lots of mysteries there, right, Anna? Mm -hmm. She's definitely very traumatized, whatever happened. Yeah, Because she always happened. comes back to this guy when she's trying to, you know, engage with the new... Uh, Peter what's guy. his name mm -hmm. Peter. Peter yeah mm -hmm. uh, she remembers that she won't be able to love because of this now she's in a cafe looking at other people getting out and you know enjoying life yeah. and oh I'll never be able to ha be happy again so yeah we'll see. yeah we'll see what happened to the both of them Karen arrived and Holda always um, felt like a mentor to her Karen was moving up fast and Holda wondered why she couldn't done it herself Hola really never had never really connected with any of her colleagues, and that cost some opportunities. That is for sure. Karen was particularly in a hurry, and at first she didn't seem to want to help. But after Hola suggested that she had not been trusted with big fish names, she took the bait and suggested Aki Akason, who was uh, who ran a wholesale business. 
They always had strong leads against him, but they can never pin him, pin him to anything. Back to past. <laughs> When we said back and forth, we were not lying. <laughs> we were not joking. Yeah. The routine between mother and daughter was getting a little bit more stable. The daughter was still very withdrawn and would not sleep without the lights on. The mother did her best to give her all, all of her love, but she was always worrying about their future. She would constantly regret not having told the American soldier that although his time in Iceland was short, he had left a permanent reminder of his presence. She should have told him about the pregnancy, but shame didn't let her do it. So it was a, a, an American visiting. Uh, I think he was in the army, so he was just stationed there. Or before he flew back to America, he stayed a couple of days or a couple of weeks in Iceland and got this mother pregnant. And, and it's a true fact. There was a, an Air Force base in uh, Iceland. Oh, okay. So that explains that not only he was... Uh, <laughs> He was military. He must have been in the Air Force. Okay. So back to present. Hoda was still at the cafe by herself now, thinking how much she hated the idea of retiring. She's just really, really having a hard time here to let go. Mm -hmm. She was not ready to be confined in her apartment, giving room for her guilt and regrets. Her phone rang, and it was Dora from the hostel. She was calling to say she remembered an Icelandic man one, had once come for Elena at the hostel. She knew he was Icelandic because they all looked the same, according to Dora. So really hard to tell <laughs> which one was which. So Hoda asked for a little bit more details, and Dora said that he was a bit overweight and very unattractive. Dora thought Elena could have found herself a better boyfriend. Uh, he came driving a black 4x4, but that also didn't help a lot because everybody has those 4x4 like in Iceland. But she couldn't remember when exactly that was. Dora said most likely and for sure before Elena had died. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Holda thanked her and asked her to check with others if they remembered anything. And she learned, Holda learned, that the Syrian woman was picked up the, by the police. She was at the police station, a different police station, like an immigration portion of it. And she was getting ready to be deported. Mm -hmm. Holda thought about the possibility of endangering Dora by asking her to check on people and raising, uh, like trying to remember things. But in Iceland, people would only kill, kill in the heat of the moment under the influence or out of an opportunity. So I got curious because they did say there, uh, uh, Ragnar says in the, in the book that they didn't have a whole lot of serial killers. Um, so I did some research. And Anna, believe it or not, Bjorn Pettersson from 1555, died in 1596, was the only known serial killer in the history of Iceland. Everybody else was drunk and was by just the heat of the moment. They were either drunk, angry, or they had an opportunity, but they were not serial killers. Serial killers, killers. Mm -mm. okay. No. Well, good, good. Good job Go on ahead. researching it. Yeah, he was, uh, he was nicknamed Axla Bjorn, with Axla simply, simply being the, the genitive case of Ox, a place of his residence. So mm -hmm. he was the Bjorn of, uh, let's say, New York. And he killed 18 people, and he died by hanging, followed by breaking of the wheel. So he not only was hung, 
but he was also broken into pieces in the wheel. So Right. I guess everybody understood that that should not be done again. Right. Well, Brazil was being discovered. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Iceland was killing uh, their only uh, serial Serial killer. killer. So there's a little bit of story there for us. So we have another (laughs) coming with a piece of story out of nowhere. Um, We have another storyline coming here. So there's a woman and a man talking about getting away for the weekend into the wilderness in Iceland to see some snow. The woman has never left her neck of, her, uh, of the woods, but she wanted to go on an ad- adventure. And the guy says that it will be colder than, what, uh, than where they were, almost reading her mind. And he said that he could lend her a jacket and um, she would need to have woolen underwear, which she had none. And he said, don't worry, I can buy them for you and you can pay me back. So that is a completely you know, a uh, curveball because we were seeing the present time. We were seeing that mother and daughter. And now we have this woman and this guy, which mm-hmm. at first made me, makes me believe that it could be when uh, the mother meets the American. I'm not entirely sure at this point, but it is definitely a conversation, uh, like a third storyline here. Mm-hmm. So we're back at present with Holda's mind at a million miles per hour. She calls Biatur, who is the translator, to check if he could remember any client's name, but he was not able to help. She then decides to pay a visit to Aki, the wholesalesman. And at first, she knocks on the door. Nobody answers. She waits for two hours. She really has really nothing to do, guy. Her uh, guys. job is her life, literally. You know? yes. That's why she's so uh, anxious about living. Right. Le- exactly. Living, sorry. Exactly. Uh, So she waits for two hours when a four by four drives up the driveway. A four by four, a black four by four. She followed the man a few steps behind him and knocked again. Aki answered the door and after learning that she was from the police, he he offered uh, for her to enter. She asks him if he knew any Russian woman and Aki answered he didn't. Mm-hmm. Holda felt there was more to uncover there, and she asked if he was involved in bringing prostitutes into the country. She <laughs> very <really> has, <laughs> yeah, She has no time to waste, and it's just like, do you really think that a criminal is going to go and share all this inf- all these information with you? I don't think mm-hmm. so. Uh uh, organized prostitution, according to her information, and uh, she thought that Elena was mixed up in some kind of racket. Aki reinforced he knew nothing about it, but Holda felt deep inside that there was more to it. But she couldn't, she, one, did not have the time for it, and two, she really needed to go to her other leads. So she thanked him for his time, and she said, um, and he said that she should contact him should she need any more help. He -hmm. repeated her name, and there was no doubt that there was a threat. So another dead end at that point, right? Could be the new serial killer. Could be Aki of Vatsla. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we're back at the memory of a woman uh, who appeared to be with a boyfriend in early stages and getting ready for the anticipated adventure. Mm-hmm. He showed up with two big backpacks stuffed with sleeping bags, warm clothes, batteries. He had asked her if she had ever skied before, and she said that she had never. And she was hoping that that would be enough to abort the mission. 
he came back with a pair of skis just in case he needed to get go get help in case something happened. As they are leaving, he back he go he runs back to the house and he grabs two ice axes. So definitely that storyline is taking to an adventure in the wilderness. Then in, in the winter, <laughs> so very dangerous. Right, during winter time in Iceland. Exactly. Holder remembers that we're back in present. Holder remembers the day Jan died. She had been working late on a violent attack downtown that has sent a man to the hospital. Probably in the heat of the moment. It was not a serial killer. Mm -hmm. She was interviewing witnesses for most of the day. It was almost midnight uh, when she arrived back home. Well, to her house, actually, because it was no longer a home. It didn't feel like it. She and Jan were no longer an item. She didn't even share the same room with him. She saw him on the floor in the middle of the living room. She called the ambulance and two police colleagues showed up with the ambulance. And all uh, she could say was that he's, he had a heart condition. She rode the ambulance with him. And since that day, she had been all alone. Now we're back to the other storyline. And the woman doesn't know exactly why the guy had invited her to that trip. It doesn't seem like they're a couple guys. So I'm sorry. He, I was wrong. He said that she could use a friend in that strained, uh, strange land. She knew she wanted more. Uh, she knew he wanted more from her, but she didn't think that she, he was going to make a move. What is the worst that it could happen? The last, the most, the famous last words of people, right? Right, right, right. right. Yeah. So it doesn't seem. It just seem. Oh well. And when he says a strange land that she could use so it seems it sounds that she's the foreigner not him mm -hmm. so it cannot be the same storyline of the mother and the daughter because the mother was Icelandic and the father of the child was American so that is completely a completely different storyline here mm -hmm. um, so they are driving and they make an impassable road they, they make it to an impassable road and the radio announces that there will be snowfall the girl is still worried about the trip, but the guy is completely excited. He's like, oh, my gosh, that's going to be just the best time of our lives, really. Trust me. <clears throat> right. <laughs> Trust me. So we're back in the pres to present, and Hola is having a hot dog at a stand made famous when an American president visited the country and tried the dog. Anna, do you know which president we're talking about? Or? No, no, no. I did research about it, and it was Bill Clinton in 2004. He went on a worldwide UNICEF mission, and he had the dog with only mustard, <laughs> in case you're wondering. Mm -hmm. And the stand's name is called Byron's Best, which means the town's best. So mm -hmm. we know now that the book is after 2004, at least, because right. that's the – I did do the research, and it was really easy, and he came back. They had – security all over uh hillary clinton was there too so apparently a day to remember right <laughs> um iceland is very famous uh, for their hot dogs by the way you guys uh hola was still thinking about her encounter with aki when her phone rang it was albert the lawyer saying he had found some of elena's paperwork hola said she was going to stop by to pick the papers up if that was okay with him he said he was going out, but he was going to leave the papers with his brother. Mm -hmm. Holda was desperate to keep herself busy. 
So we're sure. back. Yeah. As usual, right? <laughs> if you couldn't tell by now, I'm telling you, she was desperate to keep herself busy. So we're back in the story with the girl and the guy, and they're back in the car. They're driving in the middle of the highlands, like Hannah said, in the middle of the winter. Mm-hmm. And uh, can I say something? Yes. <laughs> it has to be a four by four then, right? Just Correct. throwing that in the air. Right. A four by four there, because if you're crossing the highlands in the middle of the winter, you need mm-hmm. to have a four by four. We don't know if it's a black four by four, though. Right. The girl asks the guy if he enjoys living in Iceland. He said that he did. It got tricky not having too many days of summer, but he really liked the code. He told her uh, she could relate being Russian. So that is like a shocker here. So we're talking about a Russian. Is that Elena? Who is the guy? Mm-hmm. Um, the Russian girl was just thinking he's so nice to her. Uh, she shouldn't be scared and she could set her worries about being accepted in Iceland to another day she should carpe diem for now so that's what she was really thinking about and everything was just going to be fine guys if you if you have to keep telling yourself that many times that everything is going to be fine something is not fine right at that point though they're on the highlands what is she gonna do She should have thought about that before, huh? Yeah, at this point, there's not a whole lot she can do, right? Uh, In another memory, a year has passed since Yuan died, and Holta hiked a mountain nearby Reykjavik. She had always loved hiking, and that was a good way to clear her mind for a few hours. Back at home, she would always have nightmares, and a question would constantly pop up. Should she have known? We don't know what, (laughs) but she keeps thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Then we're back at the Russian and the friend, and they got stuck in the snow. He turned the car off and went to work on deflating the tires to increase their surface area. The girl steps out of the car and breathes the pure air. Her fears are all gone. Everything is white. Everything is beautiful. He manages to move the car. And it was perfect timing because the snowflake starts to come. Now we're back to the mother and the daughter. She, the mother had moved back to the p- parents' house because she couldn't afford. She just really couldn't afford owing her flat and paying the bills and working and keeping the babysitter. So she moved back to her parents. And um, the father proposes something that clearly came from the mother. And he suggested to give the little girl to adoption. It was a shame for the family name to have a bastard kid. And the mother cried and she said that she was going to think about it. All right, back to present. (laughs) Holda went to Albert's house and met her brother, uh, his brother, Baldur Albertson, who was around 10 years older than Albert and resembled Dora's description of a man who had gone and picked Elena up. Guess what? He was Icelandic and overweight. Well, it's not a very detailed description. A lot of people right. can fit that um, description. Yes. Right. But, but he, he was close to her or could a, be close. Exactly. There was somewhat of a connection mm-hmm. between them. So Anna's <laughs> right, but that's what they had at the moment. Okay. He had been unemployed for years and clearly appreciated the company of someone else other than his brother. Mm-hmm. He mentioned to Holda how accomplished his brother was and how proud his parents were, their parents were of him, of Albert, not of uh, Baldur. 
Holda managed to take a candid picture of him to show it to Dora. It was a little bit of an accident. The phone made noises, but um, she was able to to do it. She left the house, and when she opened the doc, the documents, they were all in Russian. Mm-hmm. As she was getting ready to call the translator, Mag- Magnus messaged her to go to the police station immediately. That mm. could not be good. Mm. We're back to the Russian and the friend, and they're driving in the snow. He stops the car and have uh, her take over one of the uh, have her take over the car for the sake of fun. As she's driving, he tells her to drive quickly because there were some tussocks around, which is a type of um, grass. And it was a nightmare for them to get past once they get stuck on them. Uh, he also lets her know that uh, they, will be, they are driving over a river. She's freaking out, but um, the guy does not understand that she's just not loving the experience. And he continues to force it on her. Mm-hmm. Remember that day we got stuck on snow? <laughs> yes, that was not a cool story, you guys. No. So I completely understand what this That's Russian strong. girl is going through. Well, not yeah. with a stranger, not really going through the wilderness like that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we did. And it was scary. So high mm-hmm. gears, you guys, to get moved. Yeah. High gears. Uh, the mother goes. So we're back to the story with the mother and the daughter. And they go to the Vatna Shoku, which is in the southeast of the island. And then I had been there. And mm-hmm. taking an, an adventure on the, in the ice caves. So I don't think she was there for tourism, though. But <laughs> definitely a good area. She had given up her daughter for adoption. And she was going to drop her off at the, parent, the new parents' home. Mm-hmm. As she hugged her daughter, she felt disgusted with the fact that the family had taken money from the for, for, foster parents to actually give the daughter up. So basically, she was not giving the daughter up for adoption. She was selling the daughter. She decided on not to give up on hold up for adoption. So another yeah. solution here. So we find out that the girl is Holda and the mother is Holda's um, mom. Mm-hmm. So she, in the middle of the, the transaction, decides, okay, Holda's not going. Holda's grandfather hugs the mother and they both smile and walk away. So it was clear that the mother and the, the grandfather did not want to give the, do- the, the granddaughter away, right? Mm-hmm. So that, is a, that explains why, I think, uh, Anna, why Holda is so detached and really cannot connect with a whole lot of people. That, that was how her life had begun. And it seems that that really replicated to her present days yeah what we don't know is if holda knows that her mother was struggling throughout you know all this time it's not like it was easy to her um to not connect she was not doing it on purpose right she was struggling financially and her parents suggested to give the child away so it, it was not like her own decisions on those things that is correct, but that's that. That's not how Holda sees the situation, right? I mean, mm-hmm. she's too young to understand that there is a financial issue, and right, right, you right. know, like I mean, I don't thing. know if afterwards they had a transparent conversation about it. That is true. I doubt it, but that is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holda parked. So back in the present, Holda parked at the station, and before she walks in to talk to Magnus, she calls Peter. And he invited, uh, invited her over for dinner. She said she was going to meet him after this meeting with her boss. She just didn't know how long it would take. 
She walked into his office and he asked her to sit down. He was livid with the fact that she had paid Aki a visit. Aki was under a surve- was under surveillance and was one of the police and one of the police officers on the case saw Holda in his house. Aki had no idea he was being watched until Holda's visit and because of her selfish nature she had jeopardized an entire operation. Mm-hmm. She tried to reason they never let her be part of the group but she really didn't have much to say. Now that w- that we know that she was the little girl in the story, we can see that she really had this whole issues. She really didn't share, and uh, she wouldn't allow people in. Magnus asked her to drop the case, and she, sh- she she said she was not. He agreed Alexander wasn't their best man and gave her one extra day, you guys. So he came. he went from two weeks to one extra day for her to wrap things up. I would like to just point out, Anna, here that when she met with Karen, she said that Karen had been a mentee for her, mm-hmm. and Karen had moved up the ladder pretty quickly, and Holda was just wondering. So it makes me think that everything that she's seeing is very biased, that women do not have an opportunity, and it's mm-hmm. just like now knowing that she's the child, I think that that was also something that the mother may have passed on to her. Once mm-hmm. they, as she was growing. So I just really think that at this point, I'm very pissed at Holda because she's very, very, you know, like in, she's just doing her own selfish research and not really getting anyone involved. I understand her background, but now she messed up other people's work. So that's not cool. Mm-hmm. Back at the Russian, <laughs> she started to relax a little and enjoy the adventure. They drive a little bit longer and they park the car for their final hike. They were not going too far, but he required some work. He started to unload the car, picked up uh, his Lopa Pesa. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't there know if go. that's the word, but it's the traditional Icelandic sweater. And they start uh, their hike until they reach a mountain. And he said that she should go first in case an avalanche happened. He would be able to rescue them. I she, would be like, oh, okay, uh, I'm ready to go home. Right. Like, let's, I'll wait in the car uh, <laughs> if you want to just hike and come back. But uh, this is it for me. What do you think about going back to Reykjavik and have a nice dinner in a nice restaurant? You know? Uh, yeah. My choice here will be a hot chocolate. And yeah. I would even take the hot dog, you know? So. Mm-hmm. She tried several times to climb with no success until she finally felt she was falling and coming back to square one. So it was definitely, she was not, she was not getting it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm with Anna. Let's just go back and ha- have hot chocolate. Back to present. After the horrible, me- horrible meeting with her boss, Holda goes to Peter and they have a lovely night talking about their best. Peter, Peter can find that he, he and his wife at a given time were about to get divorced after she had an affair and he found out by accident. Mm-hmm. Holda talked about her mother and how she believed being two years in an institution of orphanage-like had scarred her their relationship. Well, would, would she really remember, though? That's what I don't get. Two-year-old? Maybe they told her. I mean, there has got to be... Ha- they have had to have a conversation, I believe. Mm. Uh, Holda's phone rang twice during the dinner and she saw that it was the nurse, Emma, 
from the car accident at the beginning of the story. She was not in the mood of talking to her, so she just like hangs up. She just hangs up and turned the phone off. She's just not there. She's just done. Tomorrow is my last day. I don't need to deal with this Emma lady. Peter asked. Oh, Peter asked why Holda was uh, has never had kids, and she said that she did have a daughter who died of suicide at thirteen, and she was not ready to talk about the daughter. It hurt too much. It hurt her too much, and uh, as she left the house with plans of meeting for dinner the night after, and hiking the day after. Peter asked what was her daughter's name, and she said it was Dima, which meant darkness in Icelandic. And that's the end of day two, you guys. So mm-hmm. we do have the last day coming up, and I think that she had made some progress. We still have lots of stories bouncing in the air, but at least we were able to figure out who the mother was and that child was back in '48. So I think that we have made some progress here. What do you think, Anna? I agree. And uh, I mean, I think it's getting clearer that this story with the snow stuff, it's a Russian, it's a guy, mm-hmm. it's a four by four. So probably it's related to the case, right? Mm-hmm. We cannot say for sure because they have not mentioned names yet. Uh, one thing I want to bring up, we don't really know. Do we know how old she was, Elena? 27, we do know. Yeah, so if that is Elena... 27 years, 27 years old, it's a bit too naive, right? Because she doesn't know where she's going. She doesn't know how long she's going for. She doesn't know the person, apparently. Um, I don't know. I would be different at 27. If I was younger, maybe not. I mean, but at 27, there was a lot that went on in my life already. And I would be a little bit, I would say city smart, maybe, is the word. But maybe she's not from the city, so she cannot be that smart. True. And we don't know whatever she went through since she's seeking asylum. Yeah, exactly. So she could be running away from a farm and she was just a farmer's daughter who's never had any interaction. So we really don't know what could be happening in her mind, in her life, that she would be that naive. But then again, it really sounds like this is not a stranger's stranger. It's someone that at least she's been talking because they did talk about going on an adventure. So at the very least, she had interacted with this person before. Yeah, yeah. and no point she said, hey, I really want to turn back. Correct. Yeah, but the guy did not allow her to go back. Well, we don't know that. She never asked. That is true. She was just thinking about this is a bad idea. Yeah. This is a bad idea. Yeah. But but she's not she's asking not the really question, like, external, where are we going? Yeah. Where are we going to do? She's not bringing it up that she's feeling uncomfortable so far. Uh, even though she mentioned that she believes he wants to, I don't know, go on a date or so, he has some more feelings for her that she right. for sure doesn't believe he's going to take the initiative. Yeah, so she, the- she feels something's wrong, right? Right. The only thing I want to point out, Anna, is that the guy sounds very athletic, though, because he's used to hiking and all of Mm -hmm. that. So he may not entirely fit the uh, profile that Dora (laughs) had said, because I don't know, like she did say a bit overweight. She didn't say a whole lot, but this one particularly, the guy seems to be very athletic. So, right. I guess we're going to have to find out everything on day three. Mm hmm. So, very interesting. Yeah, and regarding to Holda, I guess things are coming up. Why she's so closed off and all the trauma. I mean, she had a child that committed suicide. 
Um, so obviously she's traumatized about it. And Peter has not learned the lesson. He's bringing up that topic right. again at the end of the dinner. He really wants to op- her to open up, I guess. Right. Very good. All right. So I guess we'll see you guys on day three and the last day of Holta's investigation on Elena's case. Mm-hmm. And I hope you guys are enjoying the story. I am. Yep. And... See you next week. See ya, guys. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Amiga, perdão. Eu sei que você tá aí com a sua família. É, a gente volta amanhã, então. Tá bom. Beijinho para vocês. Você, precisou, você vai precisar refazer alguma parte aí. Não, não vai. Não? Então tá bom. É, pede desculpa para eles. Sem problemas. E amanhã a gente termina, né? Tá. Beijo. Tá bom, então. Beijinho. Tchau, tchau. tchau.